This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03 on Monday afternoon, February 7th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Frontier Airlines and Spirit Airlines, the two largest low-cost carriers in the country, have agreed to merge. We'll get the details in our next segment. Right now, a relatively quiet week of data will include the closely watched Commerce Department report on inflation in January. We're joined by Carl Riccadonna, Chief U.S. Economist at Bloomberg, based in New York. Carl, thanks for joining us today. Is there a consensus on what the uh, CPI will tell us come Thursday? Well, the consensus view is that we're going to see uh, further acceleration in inflation. The good news is that we are getting close to the high water mark, uh, just uh, as we know that there are uh, kind of easy year-on-year comparisons compared to uh, last time this year, where we saw fast inflation gains. So, That tells us we're not quite at the peak yet. Uh, In December, we knew inflation was 7%. In January, it's likely to creep up to 7.3%. But in the next month or two, we will see a plateau being formed, and we should start to see some backsliding on the inflation numbers. But the question in in, uh, forecasters' minds is really how quickly and to what degree will that deceleration be? And that's going to impact what the Federal Reserve ultimately does in terms of interest rate raises and other measures to normalize the economy. So in other words, it's a fluid situation. A very fluid situation. And I suspect it will be a couple more months before we get some clarity on this front. Uh, And that means that the Fed will be forced into action sooner than that uh, with the first interest rate increase of this cycle, likely coming in March, Uh, And then there'll be big questions about the pace and frequency thereafter, Uh, but they're going to probably have to make decisions about the second or third interest rate increase before we really have a firmer understanding of the inflation trend. Wednesday is the report on wholesale inventories, and that seems like a pretty good snapshot of the supply chain as it exists today and whether or not some of those uh, knots have been uh, worked through. Well, that will certainly be an important report to watch to get some clarity on the front uh, that that being said, I, I will say that, uh, you know, a lot of metrics of, of the supply chain bottlenecks, like the number of ships, uh, cargo ships sitting at ports, uh, waiting in line to be unloaded. Uh, while there was some improvement in December, it looks like the numbers are starting to creep back in the wrong direction again. So the supply chain bottlenecks, I think, are going to be very much present uh, with us for the entirety of 2022. Uh, I know last year we were saying, well, first half of the year, they should be uh, ironed out. Uh, now it looks more like a 2023 story. And then consumer sentiment, uh, you know, what does that measure? Because the numbers tell us the economy is great guns, and yet a lot of people just seem kind of unhappy with the state of things. 
Well, consumer sentiment coming up on Friday uh, is not disconnected from that uh, earlier report we talked about, the Consumer Price Index, uh, coming out on Thursday. And uh, what we can see is very much consumer attitudes are being impacted by inflation expectations in general, and more specifically, the inflation they're seeing when they fuel up their cars and trucks at the uh, gas pumps. So we're seeing very aggressive price gains uh, on the gasoline front, and that's a price metric that a lot of households keep very close tabs on. Uh, So I think we will not see much improvement uh, on the consumer sentiment, consumer confidence front until there is some evidence that gasoline prices, oil prices, and energy prices more broadly are leveling out and starting to trend lower. With the geopolitics around the Ukraine-Russia situation uh, continuing to heat up, it doesn't look like we'll be getting that clarity anytime soon. Thanks for joining us, Carl Riccadonna, Chief U.S. Economist at Bloomberg, based in New York. Coming up, two low-cost airlines are preparing for a future as one. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Frontier Airlines and Spirit Airlines have agreed to combine, creating what would be the fifth largest airline in the U.S. Let's learn more about this merger from Joe Schwederman, Professor of Public Services and Director of the Chaddock Institute at DePaul University. Joe, thanks for joining us today. Uh, This creates quite the low-cost, no-frills airline. Uh, How do they feel at Southwest headquarters in Dallas today? This really is uh, one of the biggest moves I've seen in, in really years. I mean, we're going to have a, a two of the ultra discounters, you know, Spirit and Frontier, both roughly the same size combined, uh, yet to know which, uh, which name they'll choose or a new name. But they will be number five in size and pretty close, you know, to the big four, Delta American, uh, uh, you know, Southwest and United. And so, yeah, there's no doubt uh, some uh, some nerves at <laughs> the big guys this morning. And uh, not only that, but this uh, potentially creates a uh, competitive situation at Midway Airport because Frontier had announced plans to expand at Midway in Southwest's uh, what what's been Southwest's areas of strength uh, since 1991. And how would that uh, impact the Chicago traveler? It's really, uh, we're a big player in this. I mean, Spirit's got a good size O'Hare operation. They've been gaining market share. And, you know, they tend to serve the big markets. So they uh, attract a lot of leisure trips to Florida and Texas. And Frontier announced they're going to Midway. That was a big story last month. So it really is uh, quite a bit at stake here for Chicago. And then when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, the, this this mega airline or the combined airline and its exposure in the marketplace, uh Spirit and Frontier really do attract the leisure traveler, the the family that doesn't want to, you know, break the bank uh, when they're going on their one or or two airplane trips a year. And in a situation like this where the leisure travel market has come back, but the business travel market is not, they seem to be positioned pretty well. They really are. And I think we're seeing... You know, Spirit tends to operate bigger airplanes. They go to major markets. They undercut the uh, the big guys. You know, basic economy by United American has has, has lessened the difference. But post pandemic, we've seen just remarkable growth, and uh, they're growing. Uh, give you an example. You know, Spirit added over 15 destinations in the last year. So I think you put the two together. Frontier's big hub in Denver, their big Chicago operation. We're just going to see. Uh, I think this ultra-discount segment moved to a new level, more international flying, uh, more flying the Caribbean and Mexico, which is really hot right now. And uh, uh, they'll have the brand recognition. So right now people are still a little skittish. You know, we're on the Expedia seeing what is Spirit, am I going to trust them? 
uh, the reputation for those that have flown them hasn't been the greatest, uh, similar issue to the Frontier. But you put them together, and I think they uh, they can raise the bar with their services, uh, you know, without uh, uh, without raising fares. So that's going to be a quite a quite an exciting year to watch. I mean, the basic I mean, the basic thing about Spirit is that you know you pay for the ticket, and then you have to pay for everything else. There, there, there. Everything else has a fee, but as as since we're talking about this merger today, that hasn't really stopped the traveling public. It has. In fact, we've seen two new ultra discounters pop up this year, Avalo and Breeze. And so uh, there's plenty of competition out there and people, uh, you know, fearful we're seeing consolidation. Uh, there's no sign that Spirit or Frontier, when they merge, is going to change their business model. And customers have figured out how to work with these ultra discounters. They bring bags they can stuff under their seat. Uh, they just uh, make sure they don't need to change their flights because you can't be nickel and dimed if you <laughs> unsuspectingly start buying tickets and realize there's all these extra fees. So uh, uh, that product has really gained, uh, especially young young travelers, uh, just a, a very attractive uh, uh, niche they've carved. And you know, I do think uh, um, there's going to put pressure on United American and Delta to expand that base economy. You know, because people uh, post pandemic. Business travels tailed off, and then these leisure hot uh, spots are really hot. Well, Joe, you talk about uh, you talk about uh, ultra discounting uh, routes to overseas destinations, and somewhere uh, uh, People Express is uh, smiling—a <laughs> <laughs> a concept that was way ahead of its time. Thanks for joining us today, Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chattuck Institute at DePaul University, based in Chicago. Coming up next, the Cubs are looking into streaming their games. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The Cubs are reportedly in talks with Sinclair Broadcasting to launch a streaming service for fans who don't have satellite or cable TV. Let's take a closer look with Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group based in Chicago. Tim, thanks for joining us today. Uh, this puts Sinclair on a collision course uh, with MLB's TV rights deals, which are very complicated and very hard to drive through. Yeah, for sure. Um, the reality is that uh, uh, the regional sports network business, which Marquee Network is one of, um, is uh, has always been sort of a, uh, a an additional revenue stream for teams uh, for local broadcasting to provide local broadcasts for a subscription fee uh, for fans to watch their games. And uh, interestingly, uh, Sinclair bought a whole bunch of uh, regional sports networks around the same time that they were counterintuitively launching this marquee network with the Cubs. Um, in essence, it's a joint venture, and uh, it is a very lucrative one because, as as we know, marquee carries in order something on the order of 120 games per year of Cubs. So if you want to watch those Cub games, you got to subscribe to that uh, regional sports network known as Marquee. Major League Baseball does have MLB.TV, which uh, you can get independent of a cable TV subscription. But the thing is, you cannot watch in-market games. And the uh, in-market territory, as anyone in Iowa can tell you, uh, is pretty liberal. Um, so you're, you're blacked out of your, your home team's uh, broadcasts because they want you to purchase the regional sports network uh, that carries the home game so the team gets the revenue. Uh, but it sounds like MLB is actually moving towards a, a home team cable subscription-free streaming model. 
Yeah, in essence, it's uh, it's what they call direct to consumer. And the idea is that as people start to cut their cords, and we've talked about this for, for uh, many months, uh, people will uh, alight to the idea of being able to subscribe directly to a sports channel or in particular a sports team, as the Cubs may have the luxury of doing with this joint venture with Sinclair uh, without the need to get a cable subscription. Now, those rights are, to your point, uh, regionally restricted, uh, that is locally uh, uh, available to those who live in the certain market uh, territory. Um, but as Major League Baseball has been nibbling at for some time, there is lucrative opportunity to allow people to watch for a subscription fee out of market as well. And, and arguably, this could be one of those opportunities between Sinclair and and, uh, and the Cubs to do so direct to the consumer. One of the ideas being kicked around uh, $18 a month for the, uh, the, the the Cubs streaming service. Some analysts say that price is too high, but uh, if you're a diehard Cub fan and you will pay any price to get into Wrigley Field, uh, it's probably safe to say you will pay what amounts to uh, for an extra, what amounts to the what you'd pay for an extra ticket just to see this, uh, this streaming service into of cable. Yeah, possibly. But then when you start to compare that to your other cable or subscription service fees, I mean, $216 a year at that monthly rate or better for a six month season, you're really paying $36 a month. You compare that to a Disney bundle at, at $14 or Netflix at $15 or $16. Uh, you know, the number of actual people who will actually want to pay that kind of money is relatively small by comparison. And the economics are very much in question. I, I, it feels like a high price to me, although I'm nominally a Cubs fan. I, I think that's a bit of, a bit of a, too much, a bridge too far for me. Thanks for joining us. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Vertair Group based in Chicago. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. 
The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Illinois State Police announced a series of arrests tied to shootings on Chicago Expressways. U.S. Airlines looking for more help in dealing with out of control passengers. Shares of fitness equipment maker Peloton push higher due to talks of a potential takeover. Its stock picker Monday will get a couple of ideas from an investing pro. WBBM Business. The markets are. Uh, actually higher. They've just uh, crossed back into positive territory. The Dow is up 94 points. The NASDAQ is up seven and a quarter. The S&P 500 up three and a half. AccuWeather says brisk and cold this afternoon. Times of clouds and sunshine. A high of 25. Wind chills in the teens. We have 23 degrees right now at O'Hare under cloudy skies. It feels like 13 degrees at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour. Illinois State Police announcing charges against 20 people in connection with shootings on Chicago area expressways. Governor Pritzker says the arrests are a reflection of ramped up anti-violence measures. Between the stepped up patrols and the new technology we've brought to bear, anyone, anyone, even thinking of committing violent crimes on our expressways ought to be on notice that they're more likely today than ever before to get caught. We will hold nothing back to keep the public safe. Three of the people arrested have been charged with first-degree murder. Delta Airlines is asking the Justice Department to put convicted unruly passengers on the national no-fly list. Delta's request follows the airline's attempts last September to other airlines to share internal lists of unruly passengers so that a passenger thrown off one airline couldn't just go out and buy a ticket on another. But that list-sharing idea never happened. Peter Greenberg, CBS News. The News Watch continues at 1232. Uh, markets are uh, back in positive territory this afternoon. We're joined on the noon business hour by Paul Nolte, portfolio manager at Kingsview Asset Management based in Chicago. Paul, thanks for joining us today. And after uh, six weeks of wild swings in the stock market, uh, is it nice to have a day in which uh, the investors are treading water? Yeah, I would say it's kind of violently unchanged at this point, but I think you're still seeing a lot of back and forth between should I buy technology stocks, which last week, uh, you know, some came under some heavy pressure. Should I rotate to maybe uh, the reopening part two, part three of the economy? Um, what do we do about inflation? The employment report on Friday indicated the economy was, was doing pretty well, maybe a surprise to some. So I think that's where investors are right now, and that's why we're seeing the volatility on a daily basis in the markets as as those warring factors keep going back and forth. There is uh, it, it, it seems to be you know the, the the bet that investors try to make or want to make, uh, and you mentioned this here. There are just a couple of 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 moving targets, and you want to make sure you're just ahead of where it's going. Um, on the Omicron front, and I'm looking at the the, the, the the curve from the Illinois Department of Public Health today, uh, it's Omicron cases are falling dramatically in the state of Illinois and in big cities across the country. So, uh, as you mentioned, is, is there the potential for reopening part two coming up really soon? And the other aspect is... Uh, the CPI report comes out on Friday, and then we have the employment picture from last Friday, and... Will that change the Fed interest rate schedule, um, either if inflation is slowing down, they pull back, or if they, it's, that's more fuel to, to be hawkish? Yeah, I think the Fed, I think, is pretty well... 
stuck their flag in the ground, as it were, and said, we're going to raise rates. They're not yet done with the bond purchasing. So they're actually still in the market today purchasing bonds, although it's it's been reduced dramatically from where it was six months ago. So monetary policy is still very easy at this point. And nothing has changed, and it's not likely to until the Fed meets in, in March. Then I think you're going to get a 25 basis point hike. And I think you're going to see something similar to what we saw during the Greenspan and Bernanke era, where it is a measured 25 basis points every meeting, every other meeting, but it's going to be a measured increase. And investors haven't seen that in many, many years and aren't quite sure how to deal with it. The other part of that is what that impact will be on inflation. Will that bring inflation down? That's the big unknown, and certainly the expectation by investors is the Fed has a playbook for inflation. They don't have a playbook if for deflation, which is kind of what we saw during uh, the period between 2010 and, say, 2019. So I think investors are a little bit more comfortable that their Fed is going to be able to wrap their arms around inflation and, and solve that problem. And is it also just a function of we still live in kind of unprecedented economic times in terms of uh, you know things are happening so quickly and demand is bouncing back in, in so strongly that uh, you just don't really there's there's no precedent for what we're experiencing right now i think that's that's partially i think that's true in in large part but i think you have to take a look at it in two different segments one is the manufacturing and making of stuff and that has bounced back dramatically but the other part of the economy of thing or i should say of services and experiences that really hasn't bounced back at all because people are still reticent to get on a plane, go on a cruise ship, go to the museum, movie house, etc. And so that part of the economy really hasn't bounced back at all. So you have to take a look at the service side and the manufacturing side. And you're right, manufacturing is, is going great. And that's where a lot of the inflation numbers are. There's really not much yet on the service side. Thanks for joining us. Paul Nolte, Portfolio Manager, Kingsview Asset Management, based in Chicago. Coming up next, talks of a possible takeover of Peloton sends its shares higher. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Things are popping at Peloton. A potential takeover of the home fitness company has sent its uh, the share price up 25% back above the IPO level. We're joined by Kenneth Leon, Research Director, CFRA, based in Delray Beach, Florida. Ken, thanks for joining us today. Uh, just to make things perfectly clear, this is the work of an activist investor saying that uh, Peloton should sell itself to somebody, but uh, the CEO and and the board, uh, they still have veto power over any potential deal or even if they want to talk to anybody. Uh, that's right. And it's great to be here. So Peloton is trading just near where it went public. Um, and, you know, clearly it's a sharp sell off from its 52 week high, which was 100, near $160. So that gives you context of there's a lot of great value there for any potential uh, acquirer. Um, but yet management still has some controlling interest in this company. Uh, the investor call is going to be after the market closed tomorrow. A lot of interest both on the operations and results and what's next for Peloton. Now, is this a situation where uh, Blackwell's Capital, the activist investor firm, is uh, kind of going to will this into existence by trying to establish a marketplace and establish interest by some very big names and big players? 
So it's really getting the large institutional holders. They own about 75% of this company. Uh, so to put this in play, there really have to be a lot of pressure. There's been quite a bit of talk today of an Apple or an Amazon looking at Peloton with just under 3 million subscribers. It fits into that you know, mega opportunity for well-being and health. And you know some of the, the 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 names that are being thrown around here. You mentioned Apple. That does make an awful lot of sense because they do have uh, the wearable health tech in their Apple Watch and on their iPhone. And uh, given how music is such a large component of the Peloton classes, uh, merging um, you know Cody and Jess King and Emma Lovewell with the Apple Music Library seems like a natural fit. Uh, it is. And, but the question is, how much do you want to pay you know, for a stock that's trading there, what, $9, $10 billion of market capitalization? How much premium from here do you want to go? Um, you got to remember, this management still has a lot of control, and they got just under $2 billion of cash to really uh, fix things, both operationally with manufacturing and try to get pricing right with customers. And on top of that, you know, Peloton was was a victim of of very weird sudden success. Uh, they had a business model that was slowly growing, and then this once in a century event uh, uh, comes along, and everyone's stuck inside, and everyone gets a bike. And we, you try to imagine what things would be like for Peloton if COVID didn't happen. The big question is, you know, what. Bankers will talk about is TAM, T-A-M, the total addressable market. Is it really that large, or is it just a niche market for at-home fitness equipment? And I think the secret sauce for Peloton uh, is really that 3 million subscribers, which gives them great recurring revenue and cash flow with subscriptions. It's high margins of near 70% once they sell the low-margin equipment. Uh, which in most instances is the bike or the tread. And what's uh, what's your stock recommendation for Peloton? We have a whole recommendation on this stock. Thanks for joining us. Kenneth Leon, Research Director, CFRA, uh, based in Delray Beach, Florida, joins us this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, our Monday Stock Picker. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday, and joining us today with a pair of investment ideas is Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Mike, thanks for joining us for today. And uh, what are your two uh, selections for the week? Well, good afternoon, Robin. Thanks again for having me on. You know, I picked two stocks I thought were fairly low risk in this current volatile um, time. One is Netflix, which might not seem like it's low risk, but because it just dumped 20%, I think it becomes uh, not necessarily a value play, but at least less risky to get hit much further. I think the damage has been done in this name. Uh, It's probably well known uh, amongst your your listeners that uh, the earnings number that came out showed subscriber growth was slowing, and that really spooked the markets and dumped the stock. Well, that's when we basically bought it. Um, it actually had traded below pre-pandemic levels at, at of 385. It was all the way down to 360, 365 that morning. So we scooped some then, and we, we, we still think it's a buy here. 
because it's, it really is one of the great American success stories, and it's really in the third inning of, of where, it, where it can go. Uh, they just announced a, a price increase of a buck and a half to $2 a month for subscribers. I think that'll stick fine with, 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 their, with, their, with their buyers because they have the best content. They still have the best content. You have to ask yourself, does anybody compete with Netflix well at this point, and you've got Disney, you've got others, but the answer really is no. They're still kings, and um, I, I think that's going to continue. And so the growth story should continue, and I think the stock gets back to 500, if not by the end of this year, early next year. And so I think it's a fairly low-risk bet just because it's already all the pain is kind of taken out of the stock in my mind. And then uh, Tractor Supply Company, your next selection of the week. Yeah, now there's a stock that I bet not too many people follow, but I do. And, um, you know, it's a stock that is, is fairly boring, uh, and we like boring, as I've said many times on the show. Um, it's up 50% uh, since beginning of 2021. And they, here's, a, here's a company. They, they had just had earnings and uh, beat easily both on top and bottom line and announced a $2 billion share by Brett back. Well, that's 8% of the float of the stock. So obviously the board of directors uh, and the CEO are very bullish on the prospects of this company going forward. And here's a company that is basically a brick-and-mortar company. They're out in the burbs. They're out in the ex-burbs. They're not really in the cities. And that is where the population growth is. And they've doubled their locations from 1,000 to 2,000 in the last decade. And I just think all the the tailwinds are pointing to this stock continuing to rise. It's down like 8% this year, and I would take that as a buying opportunity because every stock is down this year just about. And I think it's a good name to scoop right here uh, because it is, it is going to continue its rise as this market starts to settle in. Um, and it's just a great under-the-radar name. Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today on Stock Picker Monday. His stocks, Tractor Supply Company, the symbol TSCO, and Netflix, NFLX. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.